Welcome to Faith at Eight. I'm Shanna. I'm Jill. We are two friends helping turn your eyes from the world to the Word through candid conversations fueled by Jesus and more Jesus. We are back talking about Daughters of Grace, and today, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah has some control issues. Not that I in any way resonate with that. No, I just, the first thing, I just got to, you know, throw it out there. But having a child at 90. Yeah, I had my first child at 30. I just, I think about that and that just, I, there's so many emotions and feelings that go into that. And understanding then, okay, she was able to to bear her child at 90, but the reasoning and everything that, that came up to there was she was trying to have such control over her life and have such control of, you know what, I want this child, I want this child, and even going as far as controlling, bringing a child into the world. And God was so patient, like, hang on, girl, hang on, I told you. Just be faithful. And then 90. And I think sometimes we'll sit there and say, oh, well, I would never, I would never have my husband sleep with someone else. But what we really need to look at is Sarah felt that the promise of God was dependent on her and what she does. Like, God can't do it without you, Sarah. Like, you, you are the end all be all. And we will say, like, well, I want to do that. But there's all these other things we do. Like, we talked mm-hmm. about marriage and, and, and being a mom. We 100% think my child's salvation is dependent on me. And if I don't do it perfect, it, it's it's all me. It's it's make or I'm the make or break. And it's so funny. It's like no, no, no. We just need to be faithful to God. That that God blessed us with these children, and He equipped us to disciple to them in a way that will lead them to Him. Um, but we do. We get in this mindset of oh, it's um, it's dependent on me, or my husband's faith is dependent on me. So many of you will will write and comment, well, my husband won't go to church or my husband think because you think that you can do something to change it. And, and it, him going to church is dependent on the choices that you make or you won't go because he won't go. And it's like you feel like that's all on you when so often when we just give it to God and then are patient. See, what we do is we give it to God and then when he doesn't do it, within 24 hours, we pick it back up. Um, and we, we do that. And then we have all the weight of the world on our shoulders, but we were never meant to carry that. It's spot on because we, we think that, Oh, here, Sarah, hears this promise from God. And is like, okay, so I must have to act. I must have to do the works in order for this to come to fruition. It's not happening. It's not happening. I'm so old. So I must have to do something in order to make this happen. This isn't happening on my timeline. Quick. I'm now going to get desperate. I'm going to scramble. I'm going to do something that seems unfathomable, unfathomable to us. And yet when we look at a situation in our own life where we think, okay, you know what, this is, this is promised to me, or this is what's going to happen. It's not happening in my timeline. So I'm going to get desperate and try to make it work. And then when it doesn't turn out, we're like, well, what the heck happened? Come on, God, like get your stuff together. Right? So you can imagine the pain that, that Sarah was going through too, like knowing this is what is supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but it's not happening on a timeline. So it must mean that God is not going to come through. So let me try to have that control and make this happen, but then still have it laid in front of her. That's not the way. 
And I think it also comes through in our own lives when God is making something happen, not the way we envisioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our children, we've talked about it before that our children both went to a private school and when, um, 2020 happened and what all that was, um, my husband and I, from a financial standpoint, had to make the choice to pull our children out of that school. And I remember feeling a little bit like, why is God doing this? Like why, like I, cause I really did pray before our children went to that school and I felt it was a language immersion school and I felt like God is leading us to put our kids there so that they can spread the word of Christ through four languages. Also, it made me feel kind of awesome to be like, my kids speak four languages. Mother of the year. Yeah, I have pride issues, I'm aware. Um, but, but I remember having to pull them out and having to sit in that and pray and be like, okay, so if that was the vision you gave me and now that's not coming to pass in the way that I thought it should look, what does that mean? The good thing is, is I was discerning enough not to try to force it the way I wanted to. I had learned enough at that point and prayed over it. Um, and, and then in that praying revealed, he actually revealed that to me a year earlier and I didn't see it. And I refused to see it. And I just messed a lot of things up in that process. But luckily, God is very patient with me. It's like, here, Shannon, let me give you another try because you like to learn the hard way. Um, and realizing and coming to pass of, oh, God does want me, uh, does want my children to disciple to others, but he wants me to be the leader of, to, to disciple to them through homeschool. Um, but I think that's a very small example. But there's so many times that because God's plan doesn't look the way we want to, Sarah, um, we automatically assume that we need to do something to fix that. Yeah. We rush in from a place of desperation instead of patience and listening. We rush into, I need to make this happen because if I don't make this happen, then I'm going, it's not going to come to pass. And you know, when we say, Oh, how can we relate to people in the Bible? Because it's just an old book, right? Like that's what we hear. And it's no, these are lessons that are absolutely things that we can use now. I see myself in the story of Sarah. I see areas of my life where I have been impatient and I've worked from a from a place of desperation instead of a place of faithfulness. And you watch as as Sarah's story plays out and finally she she comes back and, and has this faithfulness in God and that's when her gift comes to pass. And what you see is God makes his promises happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just not on our timeline or looking the way that, that we think it's going to look. And this is where patience and faith and trust come in. And the world makes us want to think that, oh, you know what? It's not happening the way you think. It's not going to happen, you know? And and we have to sit in that faith and know just because it doesn't look a certain way doesn't mean it's not going to happen. We have to be open to what is God laying in front of me because we have the light at our feet. We yes. can't see, you know, months or years down the road of what the picture is that God is putting together for us. And that's for purpose, because if we don't like what that picture looks like, we're going to want to try to change it. And I think that's one of the tough spots too, is saying, wait, what's at my feet? And can I be open to the direction that I'm given instead of looking for, but I want to see what it looks like later on. Yeah. And I think we being out of control is scary. Yes. It's very scary. Like, and I think we think, oh, out of like if you're in a car and the car, you lose control of this car, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And what we need to realize is when you don't have control over your life, it's scary, but you don't have complete control over it. And mm-hmm. there is this, this place where you need to hand it over to God and you need to realize I can only control my choices. I can't control the things that are happening around me. I can't control the timeline that it's going to happen in. I can only control my choice 
to faithfully follow God and to trust him and to be patient with him and not pick that back up because that's what we do. We, we pray to God and then we pick it back up and then we give it to God and we pick it back up and we play this ping pong ball game. I don't even think ping pong is the right thing because that's him hitting it back. And we don't, he doesn't hit it back. We just steal it back. Um, <laughs> but, but we're, we do this constantly and, and it, it's showing what we need to realize. It's, it's revealing to us a lack of trust. A lack of trust in God, a lack of trust that he will do what he said to do. He will use all things for his glory and our good and that we are a piece of that. Um, but we are not necessarily the whole, the whole puzzle. Um, we're not the whole, we're only a piece of the whole plan. And um, when we, when we do trust him, when we do trust to him, that's when he really gets all the glory. Yeah. And how many times in your life can you look back and just be like, I lost trust. I lost faith. Things didn't come the way that I, I wanted them to. And then you look back and you step back even further and say, oh, wait a minute. This bigger plan had been in play that whole time. And at the time it was messy and I didn't understand, but this is where I got clarity. We're in that season right now, today. Mm -hmm. There's something that God is doing and working on in your life that you don't understand why, or you don't understand how it fits in. And you may know tomorrow, or you may know 10 or 20 years from now. And I think that's one of the things that resonates so deeply with me when, when we talk about Sarah is just be patient, have trust and lean into your faith, lean into knowing that God has a bigger plan. And I just need to be open to listening to that. And for so long, I wasn't open to listening because like you said, not being in control is scary. And a human need is that we want to feel safe. We want to feel that security. We want to feel like, I know everything is going to happen a certain way that it does, because if I don't know what's going to happen, then it's not up to me. Then I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't prepare for that or I can't fix that. But if I have that control, it's going to be okay. And this is that true surrender, that true giving it over to God and saying, whatever you have planned for me, I am here. And, um, you know, I, I told my story about the 21 days of prayer and I remember going to that season, being very angry at God. Because I listed, like, I am doing these things because you told me to. Like, you told me to tie, then we tie. We, you told us to go to church, and we would faithfully go to church. And now you're not doing what I want you to do. And, I, and I'm very angry at you. Cause I, and I think it's very, we need to recognize that. Because oftentimes we get angry at God. And then we'll say, oh, I'm not a control freak. Or I don't have issues really to control. If you're angry at God because of your circumstances, because you don't, you're not trusting that he is going to use those things mm-hmm. because you're not being faithful. And um, I talked about how he transformed my heart. And that's what he transformed. Like, I, it's funny because you hear people talk about 2020 being the garbage, the, the, dumpster, the, fire. the dumpster fire of years. And I honestly say it was probably one of the greatest years of my life. And not because things were, my husband got furloughed, I got furloughed, we had zero income coming in. That's very scary. But I finally had gotten to a point, kind of like Sarah, she kept trying to fix it and fix it and fix it. And then she finally got to the point like, okay, I'm just going to trust you, God. It was my moment of, okay, I'm just going to trust you through this, God. Mm -hmm. And not to say I handled the entire 12 months perfect. There were moments where I got a little like, what's going on here? But I just trusted him and I watched him transform my family and transform my life mm-hmm. into exactly what he put on my heart, but it looks completely different than what I asked for it to look like. Like I knew what 
he put on my heart for my family, but I didn't know it would look this way. I didn't know it would look like a pandemic that shut down the entire country or the world, really. I, I didn't know that it would, he would use me and Faith and Hate was started during that time. Like he would use so much of what was going on for his glory and for my good because I had envisioned and I had a picture of this is what it was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the first time ever in my faith journey where I really was like, I'm good. I'm okay with this. Like when I got laid off, my boss was crying and I'm like, is there a severance package? And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, this is all part of God's plan. I know this is part of God's plan. I am completely faithful that this is God's plan. It's such a powerful moment when you can walk through life and and you get you know hit off course and you realize it's okay because this is god's plan yes there's a there's a you know we talk about when you're in control you have that security but when you have trust in god you have that security as well and you know recently we went through um, jeff being let go of his job mm -hmm. and it was interesting because a few years ago i would have handled it very differently yeah and at this point it was okay, this is God's plan. And whatever happens from this is what it's supposed to be. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the next month or the next year hold for him. But I know right now in the season, this is what God has called. And the only thing we can do is be open to his plan. But a couple of years ago, I would have been freaking out. Yeah. And it's interesting when you finally release that control you really do start seeing the blessings mm -hmm. i remember um when alex uh got the job offer to his current position he was actually interviewing for like five roles mm -hmm. and this was the first offer he got and he told all the rest of them like okay i've got an offer you need to give me an offer by this date or i'm going to accept it mm -hmm. and so he accepts the offer because he didn't get another offer. And then he got four offers the next day and some of them for more money. And some of them were even like, wait, would they offer you? I'll match it. I'll, I'll go higher than it. I will add this. I will add that. And he said, no. And I remember people going, why would he say no? And I said, well, because he's already, he's given his word that mm -hmm. he said, yes, he said, yes, I accept this job. And he can't go back on his word right. because that because that's not who God made him to be. And he's a man of his word. He's a good, he's a godly man. And we've talked about it since of, we knew that God gave him that offer first because that's where he wanted him. Mm -hmm. And, and he wanted him to get out of the industry he was in and kind of switch channels and the blessings that have poured out over him because of that and how God has been able to use him in other ways yeah. because he's in that role. And when you see God's faithfulness in hindsight um, and you can see the blessings, it's such a beautiful thing. But when you don't have trust, you don't have the clarity to see the blessings. And so it's so important that we trust God um, through all of this, because that's what allows us to have the clarity to see. And that's the blessing. And that's the blessing. And that's the blessing. And that's the blessing. Because sometimes blessings aren't uh what the world says they should look like. Yes. So my husband got a lower job offer than one he got the next day. And somebody would be like, oh, if God would have done it the right way, he would have gotten the highest offer. But money doesn't necessarily equal, uh, equate to fulfilling God's plan. Yes. And, 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 you know, that's not right. So seeing that or, okay, well, I got laid off. Like I could sit, someone be like, oh, but you were there the longest. I remember turning in my stuff and the woman I'm turning stuff and going, I'm so mad for you, Shanna. I'm like, why? And she goes, because you've been here longer than everyone else. I'm like, that's okay. 
My time has passed. My season here has, has come to an end and that's okay. God has something more for me. I could not do faith at eight if I was still in that job. I couldn't do it. Like I right. literally would not have the bandwidth for it. Right. Because as a recruiter, I was recruiting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. If a, if a applicant's ready, I need to be ready to interview. I could have never done this. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that God will use all things for his glory, not just the good things, not just the things that look the way the world says they're supposed to look. And it's interesting when you bring that up about Alex too, is if, if you unpack, if you step back mm -hmm. a little bit and look at, okay, this was the offer, but then, you know, he said, Hey, you know what? I got mm -hmm. this offer and you need to tell me by this date. And they knew that. And afterwards these other ones came in with, Oh, look at this shiny object, look yes. at more money, more time, whatever this is. Alex, like you said, is a man of God and mm -hmm. he knows this is, you know, I stand by my word. Those other offers were offers were meant to be a distraction, Absolutely. were meant to be a, what are you going to choose? How much of a man of God are you? I want to see what, you know, like you can just step back and see. And it's so honorable to look at somebody that makes that decision and says, no, this is exactly what I said I would do because this is what God has planned for me. This stuff is all distraction. This is not going to fulfill my purpose. This is what's going to fulfill my purpose because he waited patiently. He trusted. He was faithful to God. You were faithful as his wife through that entire season to say, we don't know what this looks like on the mm -hmm. other side. And when it comes in front and you're like, I know that this is the path that God has. He's able to say yes and do it with no uh, no question of, well, should I have done this? Because you're solid yeah. knowing this was where we are supposed to go. And I just think that that is, that is such an amazing testimony to God's faithfulness and how you can watch mm -hmm. it play out in your life right now, that it's not just about Sarah and Genesis mm -hmm. and, oh my gosh, there's no way that that applies to my life. This Sarah in Genesis is exactly what you went through with Alex mm -hmm. in that season. And there, it's always happening in our life. It's Absolutely. always, it's one thing after another, but do we appreciate it as that, or do we read this and be like, oh yeah, that just has to do with wanting a baby. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting because he had a similar decision many years prior where there was a, a financial gain. And, and I remember um, my husband took that opportunity and please note, we prayed over it. It's not like my husband was like, yeah, that's a big check. Let's do it. Like we prayed over it a lot. And I remember months after that, us both going, that was the wrong choice. And in hindsight, we saw that were we really praying or were we just looking for God to say yes? And there is a difference between God, your will be done. Like your will, what is your will for my life? And me saying, God, I want this, if you can make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I don't regret that season we went through, even though it really put us through some trial, trying, trying times. And literally my husband and I in 10 years of marriage have been through better or worse, richer or poor in sickness and health. <laughs> we were like, we want to get jammed in the first decade because we're, we're, we, we are overachievers. And, um, it's interesting. I think that God put us through that because it was going to strengthen us in this season. Mm -hmm. And and I see the blessing in that in making the wrong choice. Um, it has made it so that we are more discerning and we can more easily. That's not proper English. We, we are more discerning and can recognize when we are praying um, the genie prayer. Dear God, if you could give us this wish one, yeah. wish two. And when we're saying, no, God, your will. Whatever your will is, we are going to follow faithfully. And um, I understand that some people are going to hear that and be like, oh, look at you. But but I say that with all humility because um, 
I've now been through the trial. I've been in the valley and I've been in the mountain and I know that God is the same God in the valley as he is in the mountain. And I, I um, build a relationship in that valley that I can't build on a mountain. And, yes. and that's Sarah too. Like, yeah, she made the wrong choices, but she built a relationship with God in that valley that she couldn't have gotten on the mountain. And so when you're in the valley and you make the wrong choice, it can be really easy to beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. but it's better to then go to God and be like, okay, <laughs> I got it wrong. I'm so sorry, yes. God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. And let me learn from this and to do it different. And you made such a good point there. You said, you know, when you made the mistake, were you praying for guidance or were you praying for a yes? yes. And I think a lot of times we pray for a yes. We yes. pray for, I'm just coming to you because let us know this is the right decision. Okay, that looks a little bit different than praying for you know, keep us open to the opportunity that you have for us and being open to the fact that it may be a no. And when you're praying for yes, you can recognize it because you, you don't look, the red, the red flags are flying up everywhere and you're ignoring them. You're like, yeah, I don't see that. Red, no, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see that. Um, Pastor George Davis, he talked about Sarah's story and how Sarah offers his offer, offers her slave to Abraham. And he goes, mm-hmm. that was a test and they both failed it. And that's so true. But there's all these tests that happen that we're like, we're given a test and we fail it miserably because we're looking for the yes, because we're not looking for God's will, but we're looking for the the past, the you go right ahead. You, you, yep, that works. Yeah. And I love how in the Daily Grace Company, the study, it says, Sarah's life reminds us that we do not have to earn God's favor. Mm -hmm. We already have it, and he always keeps his promises. He will be faithful. God was faithful to Sarah, and we can be sure that he will be faithful to us. And, you know, closing out and really listening and reflecting on who Sarah was and the lessons that we're supposed to learn and reflect with is just remembering that God will always be faithful to us. And we just have to be open to what he has planned for us. Us and deepen that relationship, deepen that trust and that faith with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us here together, Lord. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that even when we are impatient, you are patient with us, that you are patiently waiting for us to finally bend to your will and to be guided by your will and to follow your plan and to be faith to remember that you are faithful. You're faithful through all things. And that even when we make the wrong choice, even when we are impatient and we aren't faithful, that you still are, that you give us grace, that you still use it all for your glory and our good. There's never a time when you turn away from us or that you give up on us or you're like, oh, these humans, I just can't anymore. You just keep giving. You just keep patiently waiting. You you demonstrate for us what a loving patient father looks like that even when we're getting it all wrong you just patiently wait patiently guide us never forsaking us always um always loving us through all of our mistakes um lord let us each learn from sarah and learn from that and and be discerning in that let us we go through our day and we go through our weeks and our months and we patiently wait as she did all that time lord that we pray for your will and not our yes. We pray for your will and not our will. We pay, we pray for your will and not the perfect picture that this world has painted for us, but your, your perfect will that you have created us for, that you have designed us for, Lord, and remind us that you have just as you did from a plan for our lives. You created us for a purpose, Lord. We are chosen for that purpose, Lord, and, and will allow us to find 
confidence in you through that. Let us be reminded through that, through our patience, that you created us for a reason and that you will not forsake us. We're so blessed um, that you allow us to be a part of this community, that through, through 2020 and all the crazy things that you had a plan for this, you had already knew that it was going to happen. And that um, even when we didn't see it, you faithfully guided us along. Uh, we're so blessed to be in your presence. We're so blessed for this community, Lord. But most importantly, we are so blessed for your one and only son who died on the cross for us, even though we didn't deserve it then and we don't deserve it now. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you later, friends. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, there's a few things we would love for you to do. Share with a friend, like and subscribe to our channel on YouTube or Apple Podcast, which has new episodes every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern, or find us live on Instagram on Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Whatever you do, do it in faith.